You're listening to Artistic Finance Show 125. On today's show, I chat with Claudia Hodgson, a health coach whose clients include backstage and offstage theater professionals. We talk about finding exercises you enjoy, the best time of day to work out, the importance of eating 10 grams of fiber a day, health challenges for offstage workers, how long it takes to establish a health routine, and working out twice a week is better than not working out at all. What we don't talk about is mental health, and while the physical fitness is what we focus on today, it isn't a wholesome solution unless it is paired with mental health. And what is good mental health? According to the World Health Organization, it is when you can work productively, realize your potential, contribute to the community, and cope with normal stresses of life. Physical fitness and a healthy diet can complement a balanced life, but the mental health has to be in good shape for a sustained healthy lifestyle. Because Claudia has a theater background, we do get sidetracked chatting theater. Rather than edit that out, I've kept it in because the conversation just felt better as a whole. Without further ado, let's get to the show. You're listening to Artistic Finance Podcast, where your host, Ethan Steimel, interviews successful artists, leaders, and investors to help educate and inspire artists to grow their wealth. Welcome and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Ethan Steimel, and today we're joined by Claudia Hodgson, a health coach via hashtag theater fit. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me. This is so cool that we can do this. Like I'm in London, you're in New York. It's just, it's really cool. It's a great time to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. It really is. All right. So we're recording this on December 5th, 2022, but we're going to release it the week before Christmas. And the reason we're going to do that is because I've been following a lot of your um, sort of advice on LinkedIn, which is my preferred social media. And you keep saying, you know, being fit, being healthy is like a consistent thing and that the month of December is not one that we can just say, oh, no, this is a cheat month because there's so many holidays. So I've decided we have to release this in December so that way people are prepared for the new year. It won't come too late. But uh, the Broadway news today is that K-pop is going to be releasing a cast album in February. Claudia, is there any West End news we should know about? I, I tried to look through the news and none of it was jumping out at me. I was like, I don't know. There's a Wizard of Oz that's going to be at the Palladium in the summer of 2023. Oh, yeah. That can be the news for today. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about health and wellness. And specifically, we're going to be talking about that as it relates to entertainment professionals and theater people. But first, Claudia, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. So, um, yes, I do live in London, the United Kingdom at the moment. Um, I am from a mixed family. So I've got um, some British in me. And then my mother is part Spanish, part Filipino. So I grew up in a very cultured household. My partner and I are going traveling next year. So we're actually leaving London after Um, I've been here for eight years. He's been here for 10 years. So we're going to go travel in around the world, which we're really excited for. Um, I am a cat person. Uh, I am a book lover. And I am also a avid coffee drinker. So they're all the essentials you need to know about me. Oh, that's wonderful. And I'm so glad that you're an avid coffee drinker because I've been off since August. And the reason I've done that is because I haven't been working out. And somehow I thought, like, maybe if I get rid of the coffee and the sugar I put in the coffee. <laughs> but it's great that you're a health coach and you love coffee, which means it's not something we're going to have to cut out. Absolutely not. <laughs> we had somebody on recently who is living in a van and you're going to go traveling. How long are you going to be traveling for? So we've said 12 months. So, I mean, we really haven't planned it out. We're just going to go and see how we get on. Um, but yeah, the, the plan is to do it for 12 months. Um, there's loads of different countries you want to try out. So we're going to do that and then kind of reassess, you know, where, where we want to stay after that. Amazing. All right. Well, I look forward to um, having in-person workouts with all the theater people everywhere that you're going to be going. 
That would be incredible, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> okay, that is so cool. That is so amazing. And also, I know you said you were an online coach, and I was thinking, okay, I know she says online coach, but surely she teaches in-person classes. But if you're going to be traveling, you really are an online coach. I am, yes. So I did used to be an in-person personal trainer. And to be honest, I still have a couple of clients I do in person because they prefer to actually go to the gym, be there with me as opposed to doing it online. Um, But yeah, I mean, online works really well for people who are working in theater and live events because they can do it in their own time. And the the program I've got has just worked really, really well with being online. And your workers, um, I think, seem fairly intense. I've just seen like before and after which means people are working really hard. Has anybody ever done one of your workouts like at the theater? Oh, do you mean like on the stage or something? Well, no, okay, but like on break, like if they have a dinner break or something, have they been like, oh, I'm going to go to the green room and, and do the workout? I did have one client who she took some resistance bands into work because she was doing cast change rehearsal as well as a show in the evening. So she she said, oh, I'm going to take my my bands in and do a workout in the crew room or something. I don't know where, where she did it, but yeah, she, she's, she's the one client has actually done it in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a stage manager. If I had to guess, do you know what? It actually wasn't. It was, it was deputy head of electrics. Oh, all right. Oh, even that's, that's, that's our audience, man is electrics and lighting. (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. Oh my gosh. I feel terrible. I got that wrong. (laughs) Um, that is awesome. Okay. This is one other thing is your background theater. Yes. So I was in stage management. So yeah, I did stage management and then I moved into fitness. I I, I feel so great about that, especially because you're going to be traveling and it's like in theater, you can't really have remote jobs, but you are going to make it, but you had to leave the theater and that's okay. Totally okay. (laughs) Yes. For a number of different reasons. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And then the last thing is you said you're, you're quite, uh, let's see, culturally diverse. So just out of curiosity, do you speak Tagalog or Spanish? Do you know what? Um, I don't, <laughs> which my my grandmother, my abuela, is really disappointed with. Firstly, Tagalog, so that's the Filipino language. It's a very difficult language to speak. And, you know, if you're not in the Philippines and you're living in the UK, it's quite a difficult language to speak. My mum my doesn't really like speaking Spanish or Tagalog. She she taught me a few things and I could probably get by. I'm very good at ordering food in Spanish, but <laughs> anything else, not so good. So yeah, unfortunately, I, I don't. I'm solely English. I, I only ask that because we do episodes in different languages and we have a Tagalog episode and we have a couple Spanish episodes. Oh, well, maybe I should listen to them. Maybe. I don't know what they're about, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so now we know a bit about you. But now your financial personality, are you good or bad with money? So business-wise, I'm good. Personally, I could be better. You know, I'm not someone who buys a load of clothes or shoes or material goods like that. But I am really bad when it comes to eating out and buying coffee on the go. That's always the thing that I just, I, I really struggle with. So I could be better. So before we start, I just want to give a shout out to one of our patrons. In fact, our only patron from England. And that is Andy Lowe, who is a gaffer based out of Kentish Town in London. And I know that Andy would love more London-based interviews. So uh, we'll pretend I did this on purpose for Andy Andy, this episode is totally for you uh, because Claudia is there in in England with you. And really close to Andy as well. I'm a couple of um, tube stops away from him. Andy's going to be like, oh my gosh, Claudia, I need you. And then you're going to leave for for 12 months. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So Claudia, selfishly, as per all my interviews, this one is really important for me because I'm 34 and in August, I just stopped working out. I got so busy working in the theater. So this is really important to me because I've fallen off the bandwagon. I was trying to jog, you know, every day. I was trying to sort of stay healthy and eat healthy. And I've just failed at that at the last few months. But lo and behold, the universe sends you things when you need them. And you started showing up around August (laughs) in my social media feed. And I couldn't believe it because I was like, wait, this is somebody that's focus is theater people. 
And for any listeners who don't understand why this is important, it's important because we work 16-hour days. And we'll work 16-hour days for six days in a row, then we'll take a day off. It's not unheard of, especially in this post-COVID bump, to be talking to theater workers who say, oh, yeah, I haven't had a day off in 20 days. I haven't had a day off in 30 days. And I'm not exaggerating. This really is like we're going tech to tech to tech or show to show, rehearsal, rehearsal. And so it's very easy for theater people to let health go to the wayside. So, Claudia, that's why I'm really a fan of the content you're putting out because it's tailoring itself to theater people. Because if you if you tell a regular health coach, oh, I haven't been able to work out because I've been working too much, they're going to say, well, I imagine, I've never had a regular health coach, <laughs> but I imagine they're going to say, well, you have to prioritize and you have to find time. And that is something that is just in, in the entertainment world, it's impossible to do sometimes. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. It's the same with finances. It's like, if you go online for financial help, you're going to get that. You just have to prioritize. You just have to figure it out. You have to make it work. And that's all good and well. And that's the harsh reality that you really do have to figure out a way to make it work. But it really is like a put off for a lot of entertainment workers because it's like, well, I'm just going to give up before I even start because I know for sure that I'm going to have six 16 hour days. I'm not going to be able to focus on my finances or I'm not going to be able to focus on my health. So I've said way too much here other than I'm a big fan of your hashtag theater fit. I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit about. So first off, what is theater fit and why did you start it sure um firstly thank you so much because you know this is something that means a lot to me and I really want to help people in theater realize that they can live a healthy lifestyle um and that they don't have to put their health on hold just for their career um and it's really nice to hear that people are uh, responding to what I'm doing because it is a very it's a very niche thing. And a lot of business coaches have actually said to me, how are you going to make this work? Because it's it's such a small industry, but I'm making it work. Um, so essentially, Theatre Fit is an online health and fitness coaching program, which I do. Um, and it covers things like exercise, nutrition, sleep and habit changes. Um, so th those are the core things that we look at, especially when working with theatre professionals. I started this or this online coaching during the lockdown. So obviously we couldn't work. We weren't in person with people like we had been. So I started posting a lot more on my social media. And then I had quite a few people who messaged me and would say, oh, I really resonated with this post can I work with you? Can you help me achieve X, Y, and Z? Um, so from there, I I thought, yeah, why not? I had an online coach at the time, so I kind of knew what to do. I just kind of copy and pasted everything he did with me and adapted it to the individual. I was able to work with a range of different people. Um, they didn't just have to be in my local area. Um, and I was able to have an impact on them while doing it remote. So I absolutely loved it. And then Theatre Fit came about. So you might laugh at this. Um, in February this year, um, I went to see Moulin Rouge, the musical. Yeah, so I went with my partner um, and we were sat in the stalls. And it was the first show I have seen since leaving theatre where I was like, oh, my goodness, I really miss working in this kind of environment with these kind of people. I personally loved it. I know people have views about Moulin Rouge and it's a jukebox musical. I respect that. I had a great time. I love the show. Um, so I, I was sat there thinking, oh, I really miss working with theatre people. And as I was starting to kind of go about with my business, I was like, oh, do, do I want to niche a little bit more? And then I was reflecting on my own journey through um, being at drama school, strugg struggling with my health and fitness. And I thought, maybe there's something in it, because I know it's something that a lot of people said to me, you know, they, they would say to me, oh, I, I don't know how you have the willpower, or I don't know how you find the time to exercise while you're doing tech and stuff. So I knew that people wanted it. 
I knew that people struggled with it, especially in the theater industry. There was that part of me that was still like, oh, you know, I do want to work with these people. So I kind of put some some posts out there to see if it would be something people would be interested in. And then that's when I started working directly with stage managers, um, electricians, costume. And I really saw that this was something that a lot of people in the industry wanted. And we're saying, we're really glad we've got someone who understands. I think that's, that's been the key thing, because as you said, if you go to a regular trainer or another coach and you say, oh, do you know what? I'm working 16 hours a day for six days this week. I don't know how I'm going to train. They will just say, well, you'll have to prioritize it. And that was actually something that happened with one of my clients when she worked with a trainer, I think it was two or three years ago now. So the fact that I'm able to understand what people are going through in the industry and able to help them and offer solutions, that was what made me go ahead with this theater fit. So yes, theater fit is a coaching program cater to those working backstage so they can live a healthier lifestyle without it interfering with their work. Yeah, I love it. And and another thing I should specify is the, the backstage, the offstage focus is really important because there's some weird irony here in that a lot of performers are really fit and are really healthy, but their schedules are a little different than backstage folk. Um, and I, again, I love tailoring help and advice to freelancers and to theater workers because it is such a niche market and it's just such a thing that we all understand. We're not nine to fivers. So that's why I love hashtag theater fit. And then I also struggle with this. And now my wife, now she works out every single day and she absolutely loves it. And she has a nine to five and that's great. But I personally have never in my entire life loved working out. Like I know people say like, oh, you work out and you feel so much better and blah, blah, blah. That has never applied to me. Maybe I've been doing it wrong. I don't know. But it's it's really a struggle. So I have that struggle on top of just the regular, you know, where are we going to fit this into the schedule? But can you just talk about why it is important, why a healthy lifestyle is important? Um, just because I feel like I've not been good at it and I've at least survived my life so far. But maybe what am I missing or what? you know, am I, am I actually killing myself daily? <laughs> <laughs> so with a healthy lifestyle, there's, there's two ways to approach this and I'll focus more on one. But the reason I want to mention it is because this is something that is cropping up in the industry a lot already, um, certainly in the UK, but I'm sure it's the same in the US, uh, but focusing on mental health and physical health. I personally think a healthy lifestyle is both of those components. So if we're looking at the physical aspect, firstly, and I was having a conversation with someone last week about this, he said to me, oh, I I really want to learn how to exercise properly so that when I'm the same age as all these other crew that I work with, I don't have the same aches and pains that they do. And he was like, there's these 50-year-old guys who can't bend down because their knees are knackered or they can't move something because their back is always sore. And 50 isn't old. It's not old. So for someone to be in that much agony and pain at that age, that is not good. So I want to try and avoid that as much as possible. And, you know, these people who are 50 and they're struggling with their aches and pains, it's likely because of the things that they did when they were younger. Um, So people always say when you're younger, you can kind of get away with things, but it's when you get older that it creeps up on you. So when we're looking at a healthy lifestyle that is focused around your physical health, exercising, particularly strength training and resistance training, that's going to help you in your later years where you may have in the past, you know, not looked after it. And that's where you get those aches and pains. So if you actually spend time training, it doesn't even have to be, you know, five times a week, like you might think, but if you do two resistance training sessions a week, and you progress in those sessions, so you increase the weight, or you increase the intensity, that's going to help build your muscles up, build your body up, so that your body can handle more. 
So if you are someone who is stage crew um, and you feel your knees are a little bit weak already, then doing certain exercises um, on your legs, that's going to help you because your body gets stronger. And once it gets stronger, doing things like moving, set, pushing things, carrying things up and down stairs isn't going to impact you as much. From a physical perspective of strength, that's really, really key. Um, and then if, if we're focusing on theatre professionals, which I know we are, a healthy lifestyle can can really help with your energy. So this is the number one thing that everyone in theatre struggles with, energy. Because you are working long days, you know, you get one day off, as you said, um, so your energy is low. If you're not fueling yourself with foods that are going to give you energy or you're not getting the best amount of sleep, that is going to impact your energy. So if you do shift a focus on eating a balanced diet and getting a good amount of sleep, but also setting yourself up for a good night's sleep, that's going to increase your energy. And naturally, if you've got more energy at work, you're going to be happier. So you're going to have people who are less moody and happier to to be at work. Yeah, I've been around grumpy people at work. Um, so I heard resistance training and strength training and eating healthy. The mental health part of that, is that connected? It's, it's kind of connected. It's, it's not something that I, I don't really do work with people's mental health purely because I'm not qualified for it. At some point in the future, I would love Theatre Fit to have some mental health coaches who can help people, but mental health and physical health are linked beautifully together. Um, so it, it's why I brought it up, because I don't think you can be healthy without having both in a really good place. So even if you are super fit, super healthy physically, your mental health might be really, really bad. And I know a lot of people who have been in that position and then vice versa. Your mental health can be great, but if you are injured, if you're overweight or not in great health or you're malnourished because you're not eating enough nutritious foods, it doesn't matter that your mental health is good because your physical health isn't, isn't very good. So a healthy lifestyle is combining the two together. Got it. Got it. And I especially think coming out of COVID, there was sort of some mental craziness going on. And so certainly, if you are trying to be healthy, trying to be fit, we do need to get mentally in a good place. And actually, I know this is two, two parts, but I'm seeing it as three parts here, which is mental health, uh, you know, seeing a therapist, seeing a counselor, taking care of yourself, having a good social life, and then the exercise part, and the diet part, which I know exercise and, and diet are physical components. So they're in one. But to me, it's in, at least in my brain, it's sort of like they're completely separate things. But they're both important things that I have to focus on. Being like, it's, just, it's not just about jogging. It's also about eating carrots. Okay, awesome. So I had a question that I don't think you have to answer unless you had a great answer for it, which is, do you have any statistics about fitness and how it impacts the other parts of our lives? So yes, I've, I've got a few. So there's, there's this coach called Lane Norton, and he's an American coach and he's absolutely fantastic he said this statistic i haven't found where the statistic came from but he is a scientist so I, I trust him he said for every 10 grams of fiber you eat you decrease the risk of mortality by 10 percent so if we take that statistic alone just by increasing your fiber intake having you know a little bit more whole grain rice whole grain bread broccoli, kale, for every 10 grams you eat of that, you are already decreasing your risk of mortality by 10%. So I think that's that's a pretty cool statistic. And then a lot of the statistics I also saw were to do with obesity. And you know, there's, there's this body positivity movement going on, which is really great. Um, I spoke about this on my social media. I love seeing different bodies and sizes celebrated. I don't think we should be led to believe that one size and one shape is the way everyone should be. However, in saying that, there is also the discussion that needs to be had about obesity and people being overweight, because 
in the UK alone, in a 2019 study, it was reported that 28% of adults were obese, and then a further 36.2% were overweight. They haven't been able to do one because of the pandemic. So this is 2019, but it's the latest one we've had. But we can look at those figures and that's over half of the population in the UK alone are overweight and obese. And then when you look at what obesity can cause, so that can lead to um, cardiovascular disease, diabetes type 2, and it can affect things like your blood pressure. Already, when we're looking at people who aren't in good physical condition, then there's a load of other diseases and illnesses that can come with that. And then if you want to get even more further down a rabbit hole, in in the UK, we have the NHS. So I know in the States, you have private health care, so you have to pay for all, all of your things. Over here, we have a free service. Well, it's free, but you pay for it in your taxes. But yeah. And the, the NHS has really struggled with people who are being admitted into hospital for obesity-related issues. For something that can be controlled by the individual, obviously you need help and support and guidance because people who are very obese, you know, there's usually some underlying issue with emotional eating or something like that. But with the right guidance and support, you can actually reverse that. So, you know, that's coming at it from a national perspective. Um, in the UK. Yeah, the the obesity thing is also hard because I'm just like you, uh, my wife and I, you know, we want to celebrate all people, but there is a reality of like, it is unhealthy, you know, to be to be obese. Um, and also another thing from the financial perspective is that there's a, a correlation between people who don't have a lot of money are larger and unhealthier versus people who do have money whether that means they can buy healthier things, they can eat healthier things, they have more time, you know, whatever it is. But that's an inequality thing that's a little frustrating because it correlates to finances as well. It's it's a bigger thing than just willpower of eating the right thing. But unfortunately, that's the way it is, both in the United States and the in the UK. And globally, we have to, like you and I are doing, we're talking here about how we can prioritize for ourselves and figure it out for ourselves because there's some larger issues that we can't solve. But for theater people specifically, what does a healthy lifestyle look like um, for somebody that's working in the theater industry? So someone who's working in theater, a healthy lifestyle would be having regular movement or regular exercise. I know I've mentioned about you know weight training and that being the best thing I personally think. Um, but that's not always realistic for people who are working in theatre. So having some form of movement and exercise, whether that is going for a run or going for long walks um, or doing like a yoga class, I think that's really, really important. And then from a nutrition perspective, it's eating, this is going to sound so cliche, but eating a balanced diet with all kinds of foods. You know, you've got your protein, fats, carbohydrates, veggies, fruit, drinking enough water, but also allowing yourself to have the foods that are a bit more palatable and that you enjoy. You know, if you love having a chocolate brownie or something, allowing yourself to have a chocolate brownie without any guilt, that's part of a healthy lifestyle as well. And I've been sort of saying, woe is us theater people. We have trouble eating and exercising. But I do want to say there are a lot of theater people and colleagues that I have that in my career, I've seen them work out. Like there's certainly a couple electricians I've known that on their dinner breaks would go run 10 miles or on their lunch break would go run. And I don't don't know if that means they skip their meal or not. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I also know uh, lighting designer Jen Schriever. I once heard her on Corey Paddock's In One, the podcast. And she talked about how she had been doing this. Uh, I forget the name of it. Everybody here would know, but it's some sort of Barry's boot camp or crazy workout regime where you get up like early in the morning and it's just totally wild. But she prioritized it. Uh, and then also there's lighting designers, uh, Jules Fisher and Peggy Eisenhower. And they were on a podcast called Behind the Curtain. And they were talking about the importance of health and working out and having a routine and eating healthy. So that being said, there are a lot of theater people who who know how demanding our industry is, and they do make it a priority, and they are healthy, and they are consistently, whatever consistently means for them, but they're consistently, you know, working out and eating healthy. 
So I'm saying all that to give encouragement because, and also you, Claudia, are working with people who are prioritizing this. So it is, it is possible and, and we shouldn't give up before we even start or try. Exactly. Yeah. That's great that, that, you know, people who are, who have experienced the benefits of eating well and exercising and that it's become a non-negotiable for them. I love that because they've obviously felt that it works for them and they don't want to give it up. I love that. Taking a break from the interview to mention our Patreon page. Specifically, I'd like to thank Andy Lowe from Kentish Town, who is sending us four British pounds a month, even with global inflation fluctuating every 10 minutes and the cost of oil in the UK hitting all-time highs. Andy has chosen to keep supporting me to keep these interviews happening on a global platform rather than just around a tech table. Claudia and Andy don't know each other, but they do live two tube stops away from each other, which I absolutely love because it shows just how small the industry really is. We only have 29 patrons and only one in London, and that one happens to be nearly neighbors with Claudia. But anyway, if you're enjoying the show, and especially if you're based in the UK, please consider supporting me on Patreon. Now, normally patrons get outtakes from the interviews. However, today's chat was such an important discussion that I included the entire conversation in this episode. However, supporting via Patreon tells us a lot about you because patrons of artistic finance don't actually do so to access the outtakes. Patrons are going out of their way to support the work we're doing. And our main thing is to publish financial discussions amongst artists. But we also provide a space for freelancers and artists to get any financial question answered, and we're supporting more than 30 artists and arts organizations with monthly donations. Now, currently, we're sending out $113 each month, and while that's not a huge amount of money, it is something, and it's appreciated by those nonprofits and the artists that we're sending it to. So if any of that is appealing to you and you'd like to support me here with Artistic Finance, you can sign up at patreon.com slash artistic finance. Thank you in advance. And now back to the show. And now I want to talk about this isn't really mental health. It's not quite, but it's just something I think we all struggle with. And it's how can we get in the right like mental or mentality or mindset in order to prioritize this? Like, like what can we tell ourselves or or think about to help us say, you know what, I've got to start exercising. Even if I can't do it perfectly, I should still do it. So the first thing I would say is know that you're not going to be 100% all the time. Humans are very all or nothing. We feel like we have to be all in on the diet or all in on, on the exercise in order to see results. And that's when someone you know, working in theater, we'll start a fitness program. The first two weeks will be great. They'll be able to nail everything. Then on week, on week three, say it's tech week, and then they realize they can't go and train. And then they realize there is a box of biscuits on the lighting desk, and they have a couple. And they go, oh my goodness, I haven't been eating biscuits, and now I have. All my progress is ruined. And that's where people then stop. So they've gone from being 100% to, you know, maybe being 50%, but then they just stop. And it's really important for people to realize that you're not going to be on it every single week. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you can't make progress. And this is the biggest thing with people who are working in theater, because that's what I see as their barrier. They think they do have to be perfect. You don't. The important thing is you're doing the best that you can. I always say to people, focus on what you can do as opposed to what you can't do. So there's always going to be reasons why you can't go to the gym or why you can't cook yourself a healthy meal. You you can justify that. If you are working 16 hours a day, you're not going to be in the gym and your meals might not be home cooked, but you can still do things in that day that keeps you on track with your goals and keeps you progressing. 
And I'm now even thinking of myself being like, okay, well, today I have to exercise because if I sit here and have this discussion and then I don't work out, like, oh my gosh. So then I'm like, well, here I'm going all or nothing. I'm like, well, I have to do it. But I know that Monday I'm starting a load in for a week and it's going to be 8 a.m. to midnight. So I guess, I guess what should I do in this situation where I know I have this week where I can probably exercise every day and then I'm going to have a week where it's going to be really hard. So on those 8 a.m. To, to midnight days, should I try to jog? Jog. I'm just saying jogging because that's all the exercise I've ever done. Should I try that during like a break? Like, oh, I have a half hour. I can, should I try to fit that in every day or should I try to do it before the day? It's not going to happen at the end of the day. So I would say to you, if you've got a load in for um, a week, you said, wasn't it? Well, it's, what, it's a couple day load in and tech starts right away. So for load in, I would say, don't stress yourself about exercise. Be working long hours. You're already going to be active. So you kind of get a workout in anyway. The focus I would say for you on those days will be getting some decent meals in. Um, so making sure you're getting enough nutritious food. That would be my recommendation. Then when you go into tech, depending on what your tech schedule is like, I would say maybe you can fit in a few workouts then. But if it is going to be 12, 14, 16 hour days, then again, don't don't worry too much about the, the training. Focus on steps on those days. And again, making sure you're getting nutritious meals in. Okay, perfect. All right, I have some sort of a plan. All right, here's how I'm going to plan the nutrition is I'm going to get a bag of carrots and I'm just going to have that with me all the time. (laughs) Perfect. That's what I tell all my clients to do. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so now I've mentioned jogging and I'm wondering how important is variety in exercise? Because the most variety I've ever had in my life is jogging is where I go. I listen to podcasts and I feel like I'm being productive because I don't like working out. Like I really don't like it. And so even though I know it's good for me, um, being able to listen to podcasts makes me feel like I'm doing something productive with that wasted time of exercise. <laughs> um, so that's all I've ever done. Um, and then I have done, uh, there's a fitness coach online, Lita Lewis, and she puts out videos. So I've like done some of her videos at home when I'm thinking like, maybe I should do a little more of the jogging. So the question is, um, is jogging enough? How varied do I need to be uh, working out to sort of have the healthiest lifestyle? So firstly, I'm going to ask you a question. What is it about exercise you don't enjoy? It's not pain. It's not painful, but I, you know, I don't like being out of breath and I don't like using my muscles. (laughs) And I think that's it. Like, I don't, I don't like there's something called runner's high. I don't know that I've ever had that. I also don't like the cold weather. So when it gets cold, I don't like going out there. And I just, and I don't like getting sweaty and I don't like getting hot and out of breath and thirsty. So I just don't like all that. <laughs> so I would suggest to you or open up that conversation of why do you pick running? Because everything that you're saying to me are the things I don't like about exercise. I hate being out of breath. I hate feeling thirsty. I hate getting hot and sweaty. But what I do love is weight training. So I know I've got a little bias towards weight training, but I'm just going to plant that seed. If you don't like the type of exercise you're doing, have a look into other versions. If getting to a gym isn't possible for you because of your schedule, then looking at things like resistance bands, or if you're able to have some weights at home, that might be a good option for you to to do as well. Because they they don't have to be, you know, hour long sessions. It can be twenty minutes of weight training or resistance bands training. So that's what I would say to you in response to, you know, variety and is jogging enough? If you enjoy jogging, then I'd say you know you can keep it. It's great for cardiovascular health. It's great for kind of having a mental breather. Like sometimes it's just nice to go and run. Um, it's cheap in that you don't need to get a gym membership and you don't need a lot for it. You just need some sports gear, running trainers, maybe a jacket and a hat in the winter. It's a great thing to do, but it's not the only thing to do. And there are other forms of exercise that provide the same, if not better results, 
that could be more enjoyable. As I said, I would always opt for strength training because that can help with, you know, the injury side of things that a lot of uh, stage crew especially experience. So either going to the gym or doing a home workout, that can be really beneficial. But then if you're someone who, you know, wants to have a bit of a slower exercise pace than doing something like yoga is really great pilates is also very good that can really challenge you so it kind of comes down to a personal preference and what your goals are and what your schedule allows yeah i you know the thing is i've never exercised my whole life so like when you say strength training like i don't even know what that means resistance training i know that there's resistance bands and i've seen people use them but like i've never touched one and then yoga, I think I did it when I was in an acting class once. And then, oh, Pilates. I don't think I've ever done Pilates. So I think really what it's sounding like for me is that I need to like join a gym or something and do all these things and see what I enjoy. Or maybe I can just do them in YouTube. Can I just look all these up on YouTube? Uh, I mean, you can. Or there is the Theatre Fit program, which is catered to backstage theatre professionals. And it covers everything to do with exercise, whether you're a beginner or a seasoned athlete. Okay, so just I'm just curious about Theatre Fit. So let's just say that I were to join um, and do some strength training. It's all online. So would you tell me like what tools I need to buy, what exercise equipment, or can I all do it without equipment? <laughs> it really depends. Um I know that's such a vague answer, but if you're someone who says to me, I don't want to go to the gym, I just want to train at home, I'll get some bands, I'll get some kettlebells or something, I'll make your program catered towards that so you know exactly what to do. And before the program, you will will have an assessment so I can actually see how your body moves. So I'm not just going to give you exercises. It will be assessed and catered specifically to you and your goals. But yeah, if, if you then also said, oh, do you know what? I will join the gym and I'm going to go three times a week. Then I'll give you a program for strength training three times a week. And, you know, I, I can also um, have different options. And I do this with a lot of my clients. They'll have a gym program and then they'll have a home workout program because sometimes they will, you know, they'll be doing rehearsals during the day in a show at nighttime. They'll just want to have 30 minutes in the morning where they can train. So it's very versatile. Okay, okay. Can I talk about goals? Because this is an important thing in life and in finances is like you have to have financial goals, you have to or you have to have goals. And then you can break that down into finance goals and things like that. But it's very important to know what you want. It would this be a goal? Would this be a realistic goal if I were to join your program, um, which is I want to lose my 15 pounds that I gained during COVID. And I just want to be healthy. Like, are those goals? Absolutely. Yeah. And then what, what I would do with you is then break down why you want to achieve them, just to understand why you want to lose that 15 pounds. What is it that you benefit from? How does it make you feel when you lose that 15 pounds? And yeah, then I'll go through with you what a healthy lifestyle would mean to you. Because even though I've got bullet points of what I think a healthy lifestyle is, it might be completely different to yours. So yeah, those, those are goals and theatre fit can certainly help you with that. Got it. And then also working with somebody, is it something like I w would work with you for a year, get a routine, sort of then go off on my own um, unless I got off the wagon or, or needed to come back? Or is it something where I would work with you until I die? <laughs> so, <laughs> as much as I would love people to work with me until they die, <laughs> um, I... <laughs> I don't think I'd be doing a very good job because one of my aims is that I want people to work for me for anywhere from three months to a year, depending on where they are and what help they need. And then I want them to go and do it on their on their own. And that does make me sad. I had a client leave me after six months and she was like, I'm good. I feel like I've got this. And I was a little bit sad, but I'm really happy that she's now able to She's built that routine. She's got her habits and she's touring around the world at the moment. So she's able to still keep them in. So yeah, I, I say most people work with me for kind of six to 10 months and then they're able to go, go out on their own. They flee the nest. 
Okay. All right. Well, see, that's hopeful to me because I'm like, oh, well, it's only six months, Ethan. Just get through the six month (laughs) and then you can be fit for life after that. Exactly. Okay. Another thing that's also put me off of exercise a lot is that, aka one of those things where I give up before I even try, is like I listen to a lot of business podcasts and these people are millionaires, billionaires, blah, 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 the successful people that America looks up to. And they always say like, oh, yeah, I get up at 345 and I work out first thing or I get up at five and I work out first thing. The thing they all say is like you have to do it at the beginning of the day. And so I'm just curious, is that true? Does working out um, first thing in the in the day help? So I actually read a book very recently. Uh, it was the seven habits of highly effective people or something. That That is the title. And I'm pretty sure all these people have quoted that book. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they say exactly the same thing. So it's, oh, you have to get up at five o'clock, six o'clock and go and exercise. You know, me reading this, I'm going, oh my goodness, I roll out of bed at 6.45 and quickly grab a coffee. I don't train until about nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. And I'm hearing that all these people train at six o'clock in the morning, six days a week or whatever. But then I I don't know if you've heard of him. It's a British entrepreneur called Stephen Bartlett. He has a podcast called The Diary of a CEO. Really great podcast, by the way. I'd highly recommend you check it out. But he's a complete opposite. So he goes against everything that all these business people say. He prioritizes his sleep. So he doesn't wake up at five o'clock unless he has to. And a lot of his exercise is done after work in the evening because that fits in best with his schedule and with his lifestyle so working out first thing in the morning it comes down to personal preference again if you're someone who enjoys getting up going to the gym early and doing it before work and it fits in well with you then go do it Uh, but if you're someone who prefers to train at lunchtime or you do prefer to do it in the evening then do that as well The benefit to doing it in the morning is that if you are in rehearsals for the day, then it's quite nice to know that you've ticked a box off so that you can train, go to rehearsals, and then either go home afterwards or go see a show or go to the pub and have some lemonade or something. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So for, for that reason, training first thing in the morning can be more beneficial. But if you're someone who really isn't a morning person and you prefer to have a slower morning and you want to go after work, that's absolutely fine. All right. I'm so glad I asked that question because it felt petty. But now I've learned about Stephen Bartlett, who is somebody that seems like I need to follow. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's wonderful because he's, you know, I don't know. There's some weird thing where if you're a billionaire or a businessman, everyone's like, oh, you are the holy grail. You know everything about life. Yeah. And it's like, nope. No. <laughs> um, yeah. And that book is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, which I've That's never read, one. but maybe I, I should because I hear so many people quote it. It's it's a very good book. It's quite a big read. So you'll, you'll be at it for a while, but I, I found it incredible. All right. Okay. So this is just for fun because I've been following your social media posts. There was a quote that I just want to read because to me, this makes no sense. And so I want you to explain it to me. Making progress with dumbbell exercises in the gym, 16 kilogram goblet squat and nine kilogram shoulder presses started panto rehearsals feeling really prepared and energized. All right, can you break down what all that is? (laughs) Of course. And thank you for bringing it up because it's going to make my content a hell of a lot better, hopefully. So every single week with my clients, I get them to do a weekly check-in with me. So this is part of the accountability in the program. In in the checkout form, so they have all these questions about how their energy has been, how the training has been, how their nutrition has been, what are some of the wins you've had this week? And I always say put a fitness one and put a non-fitness related one because I want people to start recognizing that every single week they can pick out a win, both in their health and fitness and in their career or their life in general. And this particular lady, she she made progress in her goblet squat and her shoulder press. So she was getting a lot stronger. And this woman, by the way, she's like five foot three, a petite 
tiny little girl and she's getting hella strong. So this is really, really cool. So that was her fitness win that she was getting a lot stronger in the gym. And then her non-fitness related win was starting panto rehearsals and feeling really prepared for it, really energized for it. She wasn't dragging her feet through the mud. Um, so she she was she was feeling really, really good about herself. All right, goblet squat. I know what a squat is. What's the goblet part? So <laughs> it almost reminds me of um, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire when I say it. So a goblet squat is um, it's the same as a regular squat, except you don't have the barbell on your back. Um, you you hold a dumbbell. So you hold a dumbbell with both hands in front of you and you perform the squat. So it's a really nice movement if you're new to weight training, like my client is here. So I haven't got her doing a barbell back squat just yet, but this movement gets her used to squatting with weight. Got it. All right. When I said I knew what a squat was, I've never once squatted with a barbell. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I knew what a squat was. Um, all right. And then shoulder presses, is that where you sit on the bench and you press up? It is. Yes. So you sit um, on the bench, nice and straight, and then you're pushing the dumbbells up above your head. Amazing. All right. And then I think this is just an American English versus British English panto rehearsals. I'm assuming that means pantomime. Yes, it does. Yes. And then is pantomime a thing? Like, there's not a lot of pantomime here in the States. Yes or not? I mean, we have it. It exists. I've never gone to see a panto show. I'll be honest with you. It's not my cup of tea. Um, so I very rarely see it. <laughs> so panto is, it's a British tradition at Christmas. Yeah. So a pantomime is, oh my goodness, how do I even say it? Usually it's with a celebrity or some kind of quotation mark celebrity. Um, they're usually the star of it. That usually sells the tickets. It's usually something along the lines of Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White. And it's basically made into this kind of like big musical, but really cheesy show. It's not my cup of tea. <laughs> there is a lighting designer named Richard Winkler. He is also a theater producer. I've been trying to get him on the podcast. So if anybody listening knows Richard Winkler and can put me in contact with him, but I want to talk to him because I'm a lighting designer and I have artistic finance. So I'm like, oh, a lighting designer who's a producer. This is a perfect guest. And this year he's producing Mother Goose, a panto with Sir Ian McKellen. I saw this and it's like a tour. It's doing a UK tour. And I was like, is this a pantomime show that's going on with like Ian McKellen? Like it was very confusing to me because it's such a cool thing. But now you've explained that it's a tradition and I understand a little bit more. Is it what? Um, it's Mother Goose. And I assume there's no talking, right? Oh, no, there, there is talking. Yeah, there, there's acting. Okay, this makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think because it is such a big British tradition, usually it sells out very quickly. A lot of people go, families who wouldn't normally go to the theater make a trip to the theater. So that's the mother, the father, the two kids, the grandparents, the cousins. So in terms of being able to afford someone like Ian McKellen, it's, it's possible. Okay. So, and are they usually family friendly? Yes. It's one of the things I will give to Panto is that there's humor for everyone. There will be adult humor that as a child, you don't understand, but there will also be some enjoyment child humor in it. It's a little bit like Shrek, but really over the top. Okay. All right. This is now a goal of mine to go see a British panto. I would love to hear your <laughs> opinions afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Claudia, thank you so much for spending this hour with me. Um, is there anything about health or career that we didn't mention that you want to talk about? I know this is a big struggle, but you don't have to let your career ruin your health or prevent you from looking after your health. The same as you don't need to and this is more for me, you don't need to let your health ruin your career. Because a big part of why I left the industry was because I wanted to focus on my health. Even though it's led me to doing this and doing a job that I absolutely love, it was quite sad when I had to make that decision. Should I look after my health or my career? Um, so you don't have to choose between the two. That's my mission. And that's why I want to help everyone quite frankly, in the theater industry, have a nice, balanced, healthy lifestyle. I love that. I love that. Also, because I'm because i feeling like I'm not going to leave the industry, but I am sort of making a decision that it's like, 
you know, if I want to work on artistic finance, if I want to be healthier, like I just, I don't see a path forward with the industry as it is, but I feel the same way. It's like, I don't like that people have to make these decisions between their life and their career. You know, why can't this industry have it so that people are financially stable and have it so that they're healthy and eating well? Yeah, it's it's one of the things I've really enjoyed about about your podcast, because I have been listening to quite a lot of episodes. I love that you're raising these conversations and having them, because it's just really nice to know that people aren't just going to put up with it. People want to see a change and they're willing to raise their voices and make a change. So thank you for for doing it and facilitating it thank you for listening and and also yeah i've I've seen a lot of hope with younger people it's like they're they're the ones that are like pushing the envelope and and they're making me question things like wait why am i doing this like even even we just talked about it on this show i'm going to go into this eight eight to midnight load in in tech and i'm trying to figure out when am i going to do basic things like you know exercise <laughs> yes <laughs> and it's like what am i doing what am i doing all right. So, uh, this is just a for fun question and you already asked me one, but I'll just ask it just in case. Is there a question that you want to ask me? Okay. This is one question I love asking people. And I don't know if you've been asked this on, on the podcast before. So apologies if you have. What was it that got you into theater? And what do you remember a moment where you said to yourself, I want to work in this or this is what I want to do? Oh, that's a great question. So I am from St. Louis, Missouri, which has a big outdoor theater that has 11,000 seats and the top 1,000 are free. So this is where I got my theater education was, you know, they did seven weeks of shows in the summer and you could go see seven different shows for free. Um, you just had to show up like an hour early to get in line because you're so far up, you can see over the curtain, like there's no stage covering. And so the curtains are just these giant booms, these painted backdrops that come on and then they open up and like that's out. So you can see over. So I think it was a production of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. They were doing this scene against this mountain backdrop. And then behind they were wheeling on this two, maybe three story house that was getting ready for the next scene. And because we were so high up, we could see them wheeling this on and the light was just blue light. But there was something about the house tracking on, like it was just being pulled by like 10 stagehands pulling this giant house and just watching that house in the blue light look so beautiful and cool. I think that was a moment for me where I was like, oh, I love this, the magic of it. Like even, even though I'm seeing the mechanics of it, but it's magical, even though I should have been watching whatever they were singing <laughs> in front of that. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. I mean, I when when I go and see shows, I am still sat there going, oh, I wonder how they did that. Oh, I know how they did that. I've got an idea if they did that, which is why when I went to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, I don't know if you've seen that one, I was sat there and I found myself getting a little bit stressed because it's a very magical show. It is incredible. But because it was so well done, I didn't know how they were doing things. And the stage manager in me was going, I don't like this because I want to know how they're doing it. So I had to shut that part off and actually enjoy the show. So I think everyone who has worked in theatre backstage probably has that experience where they're sat there and they love the mechanics of it. Oh, my gosh. I could talk about Harry Potter forever because I loved that show. <laughs> it's fantastic, isn't it? But in, in New York, they've only got the one part, don't they? Yeah, so I didn't pre COVID, I didn't go see the two parts because I was like, I don't want to waste my day. But then when they condensed it down, I was like, oh, I'll go see this show. So I've only seen the one part. So I've never seen the divided part. But we were we were back row of the highest balcony. And it was amazing from there. And I've also worked on a magic tour. And so I know quite a bit of like how the magic happens. And so because of that, I pretty much knew how they did everything. But it didn't detract from the wonder and the just like it had a good British sensibility of like the story was the central thing and the magic was just added on. It wasn't like we're going to see a magic show. It was like the opposite of that. But but that being said, I still tried to figure out, you know, all sorts of things. And also for people who haven't seen it, spoiler alert, there's a water part where they put a swimming pool on the stage. And there's another part leading up to that where there's these flying, there's like this giant video screen comes in and there's this underwater sequence. And I was asking somebody that worked on the show, I was like, how did you do that giant video screen? 
And they said, what are you talking about? Those people are actually flying there. That's not a video <laughs> screen. <laughs> I love that Incredible show. Incredible show. I absolutely love it. If you do ever come to London, go and see the two part because I know it feels like a long day. And I was like you. I didn't want to give up a whole day in the theater, but it goes by so quickly. Okay. All right. I make no promises. I'll see the panto first. <laughs> No, because then you're not going to trust me on, on theater after you've seen the panto. You're going to be like, I'm not listening to her ever again. Panto is just one of those things where I was like, I've seen it mentioned. And I'm like, what is this panto thing that I don't understand? I, I want to I go and then be like, why would I ever come to this? That's not what I'll do. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> um, all right, Claudia, last question, which is where can people connect with you and who do you want to connect with you? So I want... Anyone who is working backstage in theatre who is looking for some guidance to drop me a message, say hello. I love just talking to people as well and getting to know struggles people are facing. Because even though I do work with people in the industry, there's always something new and there's always someone else going through something that I'm not aware of, but I want to help them. And um, so you can find me on Instagram. So it's uh, fit, or I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn, it's coached by Claudia. Okay, awesome. Uh, Claudia, thank you so much for giving me over an hour of your time. I really appreciate what you're doing. It, it really just made my day when I, when I discovered all your content. It was like, oh my gosh, this is somebody who, who just gets it, gets the, the niche, you know, market that we're in, just understands. So thank you for doing it. Thank you for putting it out there. And I wish you all the best in your 12-month sabbatical while you're still <laughs> going to be working. <laughs> sure. Thank you so much. And thank you for, for having me. I really, really appreciate it. That's it for this week's episode. Now, my takeaways are working out any time of the day and as many times during the week as you're able is the best way to do it. All or nothing is not the right attitude for fitness. It's a daily practice, just like brushing teeth, doing the laundry, and earning more than you spend. We've talked about the importance of compound interest. Now, I noticed that exercise has a compounding function too. Now, Claudia was talking about avoiding aches and pains at the age of 50, and that's established by a healthy routine. While I may be able to get by without exercising, doing a little bit each day can add up to a healthier life overall. The importance of eating 10 grams of fiber, lowering the chance of mortality. Nicole and I take an omega-3 pill each day as well as vitamin D, and these are daily habits that in of themselves don't feel important, but they're little things that make us healthier over time. So if you see a piece of fruit or a vegetable and you have the thought, I'll eat that later, let me encourage you to make sure you have some of that in your diet, even if the rest of what you're eating isn't also great. One takeaway I won't discuss is the long hours in the entertainment industry. Everybody listening has heard me mention that a thousand times. But what I will say is there's a lot of entertainment workers who do prioritize exercise and healthy eating, so you can too while keeping this career. Six months of training with a coach to establish a routine isn't bad. I tend to look at things from a financial mindset and paying for six months of coaching to set up that routine that's tailored specifically for me seems like something that I can afford. And finally, just to reiterate, working out twice a week is better than not working out at all. Adding an apple or orange into your diet is much better than not having fruit, and finding time to do a workout video or jog a couple times a week is way better than doing nothing. What did you think of today's interview? It's a bit off from our usual financial discussion, but the healthier we are, the better equipped we are to reach our full potential. Do you have anything to add to the conversation? Please email me directly at artisticfinancepodcast at gmail.com. I check that email and I make sure to respond to everyone. If you're enjoying the show and you want to support the work we're doing, please consider becoming a patron. Just as you can hire Claudia as a health coach for six months, you can become a patron for six months too. You can cancel your membership at any time, and you can join up for as little as $3 a month, which equates to $36 a year. To those patrons who are already supporting us each month, thank you. Specifically to gaffer Andy Lowe over in the UK, thank you for being a patron. 
To those who are considering lending Patreon support, thank you in advance. It really does help me and motivates me to keep creating this content. You can sign up at patreon.com slash artistic finance. Before I let you go, if you're wondering if I exercised after this interview, the answer is yes. I also ordered some vitamin B12, which I was low on at my last physical. I'm not waiting for the new year to start this. I'm starting right now to incorporate daily exercise back into my routine. Now, if that's something that you're hoping to do, I send my goodwill your way. I hope you're able to eat healthy and exercise throughout the holidays. If you're enjoying British Panto this week, I hope you enjoy the time with your loved ones. But wherever you are and whatever you're doing for the holidays this year, I hope you have the most wonderful time. I hope you get to reflect on all that you've accomplished this year and you get to focus some of your attention on those around you that choose to spend so much of their time with you. Until next time, break a leg. Thank you for listening to Artistic Finance. Make sure to subscribe. To access our show notes, transcripts, or resources, go to artisticfinance.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Artistic Finance. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.